Yakmala! Yakmala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown. I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and I am truly pleased to be joined by my pals, my chums. I got, I got Nick Boxer. I ain't no chum. No chum. Just a chum. This isn't Shark Week. <laughs> this isn't Shark Week. <laughs> All right, Jack Hall, how are ya? Naughty. Punish. <laughs> yep, you got a you got an anti-Catholic thing going on there, my friend, and uh, and of course James Conta. Sorry, I'm distracted. It's garbage day. <laughs> <laughs> Every second day on this show is garbage day. <laughs> <laughs> Every second day, really? I didn't think sometimes, it took that. Sometimes it's gold day. Sometimes it's garbage day. Yeah. Yes. That is so true. Well, here we are. Oh, my lord, it's Cult Film Showdown. This is Season 17, Enter the Octagon, to Octagon Harder. And uh, this is Jack's do-over season where we're about to talk Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. So, Jack, please fill us in on the do-over concept. Yeah, this is a season I call Done Again. And what it is is uh, is uh, this season. is uh, We go back to seasons we did in the past. And we do them again. Like, we take a movie that we wish we had thrown in instead of the movie we did throw in. This is a season I call From the Future to the Past. Okay. <laughs> when, when, when you originally pitched it, it was do-over. So I, I, what? I think you're at four titles now? I think so. Yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Right. I call this season The Mulligan. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Well, that's, uh, that's something. So, and now, now, of course... We we know the Mulligan season, the do-over season, the from the future to the past, and the best part now, Nick Boxer, please, Silent Night, Deadly Night two, to you, my friend. All right, we uh, start off in this beautiful movie called uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night two by recapping the first movie in which Billy is traumatized by an accident involving his parents. Well, accident is debatable because, well, you know, Santa rapes and kills his parents. Uh, with both well, Billy he and Rick one. in the car. Yeah, he didn't rape yes, the guy. Sir? He only raped one. You know, Don't make Santa sound so bad. He didn't rape both of them. He just okay. killed both I of them. I am sorry to Santa, rapist Santa. Um, I, I hope I'm forgiven for making that... <laughs> Deadly intrusion. Get, get your rapes um, right, man. Be smirching yeah. the name of well, Rick Billy Santa. doesn't like this at all, and uh, kills uh, several people who are naughty. Goes kind of off the rails, um, and we were of course told told this by his brother Ricky in an insane asylum, and we're treated to whole bunches of. Uh, Let's say recaps, re-renderings, reuse of footage from the first film. This takes 40 minutes of this movie's runtime. We get some great kills. Um, it's sort of fun. Doesn't I'd actually recommend this version of uh, watching a Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, one rather than actually watching the first movie. Um, but you know that 40 minutes passes, and you know what? Surprise, surprise. Ricky also goes insane and goes on his own kill-crazy rampage, killing 
all sorts of people, such as moviegoers, um, the nun from the first one, as well as uh, as his girlfriend. Um, this is basic slasher fare. Um, I wish I could, you know, ruin the plot for you, but you know what? If you're seeing a movie called Silent Night, Deadly Night, you know what this is. The only real surprise in this movie is how bad the acting is and how little Ricky actually wears the Santa suit. Oh, the acting. Eric Freeman. This has got to be one of the all-time great bad performances of all. <laughs> I mean. If you insist. It's amazing. What, I, what I'm really glad about is that uh, this now sets a precedent that we can reuse uh, 30% of Nick's summary on our next episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that should be very interesting to, uh, to well, well, maybe when we, if we were to ever do Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, then. Uh... I, I wonder how much, I don't, th- I don't know that they steal as much from the first two films. No, I don't I'm, sh- I'm sure they don't. But the point is, is that then we could just go back and totally use Nick's, uh, Nick's summary. Just. Just or, just, for fun. or if we do the original Silent Night, Deadly Night, I mean, what would be the point? But, I mean... <laughs> now, Clint Howard is in 3 and 4, is he not? I think he's in 3 for sure. I'm not sure about 4, but you're probably right. So if he's playing the killer, um, Ricky, uh, I don't see how we can use any any footage from the second one. I don't remember. But I feel like I I've watched it I feel like I've watched it, um, but I I, <laughs> I I was surprised not not a super amount came back from this. Having I like seeing it a second time. Uh, certainly, the stuff from the first half of the movie did. <laughs> I've never seen any of them. This was this was my uh, first Silent Night, Deadly Night, and, uh, and oh, so, you hadn't seen it? No. Oh, wow, that's good. It gives you like a Cole's notes of the first one. I, I'm still <laughs> unsure whether I had seen this movie before or not. I went in actually thinking that it was a Clint Howard movie, and it's not. And the internet meme of Garbage Day had wrecked the actual scene that it's in. <laughs> Never could wreck. So the I scene can't for say me. for sure to having seen it now whether I'm just remembering stuff from other stuff or the first one or what. Yeah, for me, I mean, and technically, it, I mean, you guys told me, but I wouldn't have necessarily known that the first 40 minutes was reused from the first one. Like, if you just go in cold, then this is just a movie. And this is just a movie. Then you don't realize that you're watching the first, most of the best scenes from the first 40 minutes, including the great Linnea Quigley scene. My God, is she perfect or what? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I always I always joke whenever I'm watching a movie uh, that has Lena Quigley uh, that uh, you know it's I always joke at that uh, it's it's the one that she takes her top off and yeah, yeah. Uh, and I love that she isn't even in new footage in this film and she still takes her top off. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she doesn't have a scene in the film with her top on. Yeah, that's <laughs> she's introduced topless. Yeah. <laughs> introduce topless in that way right through the kill oh this totally Clint, Clint feels Howard. this Go totally ahead. feels like a like a clip movie where it's just like 
like, oh, by the way, here's the kill. Okay, and so now we're going to go back to the to the insane asylum, and then and then we're going to introduce our next kill. <laughs> <laughs> that is it's basically like what it is for the first forty minutes. Yeah, it, it's like on old TV shows where they used to make up the an episode at the end of the season with just clips from other episodes with like a thin plot wrapped around it. <laughs> what TV in the '80s didn't used to do that? That's right. Every like that's how you'd fill out your season. Oh God, yeah, for you'd sure. Have, like the you'd have like you know the family get together and remember the times that these things happened. <laughs> so you could film five minutes of new footage. Those were always <laughs> the worst episodes of uh, of any TV series. For oh, sure. absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. absolutely. Though I, I will give uh, Kevin Smith uh, credit for. Doing that on episode two of Clerks the Animated Series. <laughs> <laughs> that was genius. I was actually Just kind of showing surprised stuff in the they didn't episode. make an attempt to spread out the footage. Because this is definitely the first 40 minutes of this movie. Oh yeah, no question. They, the they could have edited it to splice it out throughout the movie to make it less apparent how long they spend recapping. Well, the thing is, the entire the, the plan was to take the first movie, recut it, and not shoot any new footage at all, and find some. That was the mandate given to the editor. Was the the, the producer was so pissed because Silent Night, Deadly Night came out the same day as uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and for the first two weeks was outgrossing Nightmare on Elm Street, and and then the protest happened because they they showed a commercial for it right before Little House on the Prairie, so. <laughs> Yeah, definitely dialing yeah. in the target audience. Well, and didn't exactly. Gene and didn't Gene yeah. Siskel like Gene Siskel actually went out and named everybody that got paid oh, and yeah. actually what they got paid in an attempt to like completely spite the movie and make sure nobody <laughs> went. Oh yeah, and and I mean this is a movie that was made by the guy who who created the Life and Times of Grizzly Adams, which is another TV family friendly show, right? So, but he Great says show. he did us a favor. Hard to see today. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, anyways, the point being that uh, that the the point that the point of this movie was to take the original footage, just re-edit it into a new film. They weren't planning to shoot new stuff at all. It was just eventually the editor said, "Oh, you know, we, I can't do this," uh, you know, and then he got about a dollar seventy-five and shot about fifty minutes worth of footage to shoot around <laughs> it uh, with about a, with like no budget whatsoever and no history as a director. His first day on the set, he actually walked onto the set and then got all scared and almost ran off because he realized everybody was looking at him to direct it. And he had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> Tremendous. Let, let's let's not fly right by how Gene Siskel's a piece of crap because he is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, he also he also doxed someone who worked in uh, who uh, was in Friday the 13th. He like gave out her hometown. There was like a town of a hundred people. He like published where she lived. I nope. didn't know he did that. Classy, <laughs> classy guy. <laughs> that classy. guy. If if he hated something, then he was going to make sure that right. people could find you and beat you. Yeah. Yep. Original troll. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because they. I mean, you hear about you hear about these things because I think I think the original is on the is on the uh, video nasties list too. The British, uh, the list of British band. Mm, mm-hmm. It would not surprise me. Uh, and uh, and it's, I mean, it's just the nature of how film has evolved, and you know how the content has evolved that it doesn't seem that outrageous anymore. 
Um, but I guess like it's like it's at a time that there wouldn't be that many, you know, ironic versions of Santa. Like, um, I, yeah, I mean, uh, what was it? The uh, A Christmas Evil came out in 1981, and this was in 1984. So yeah, and and A Christmas Evil nobody noticed it until 20 years later. Yeah, like like it didn't have, have any following at all when it came out. It didn't even get any. It didn't even get people upset. Not like this film, <laughs> or and now the they film do it before in this film. Pardon me. And now they do it in cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good I mean, lord! Absolutely. I mean, the idea of Santa Claus as a killer now is like ubiquitous, practically. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But not at the time. It was, you know. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I can't wait till we out the Easter Bunny again. <laughs> Easter Bunny Kill Kill. True. Is that an actual film? That is an actual film. Yeah. Tremendous. Hard to watch. Not good. <laughs> Says the one man in the planet who I can guarantee has seen it and everything else. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, it had Bloody Bunny on the cover. Well, sure, of course I get it. Of course I'm gonna see yeah. it. So yeah, no, first, I'm not. What am I wrong. gonna do? Not, what? I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one of the you're wrong. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this film is that because it's just taking this uh, this bit of him and the doctor to wrap around footage, the number of kills and the like, complexity of the kills is really high because yes. they're not they're not introducing anyone like they're not explaining any other character. Like you said with Elena Quigley that she's you know she's just you know she appears and then is killed like. Within two or three minutes. Of course, that's the same in the first movie. Yeah, that, like, that is her entire scene from the first movie. I it's mean, not like, it's not like yeah. it was. It's not like it's it slightly more time. But, but I mean, really, like aside from from one other character, you don't really get to know anyone, um, because really, like it's just set. It, like you just need enough setup to get to the kill. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of really creative kills in this. That's uh, one thing. Is there both, some both lazy ones, ones too? Really. I think both films had some really creative kills. I, and I, I do say, and like and I thought the doctor getting it with a tape recorder was like pretty lame. Oh come on, that was hilarious because there's no <laughs> way that tape doesn't break if you try and choke somebody with it. You seen that stuff? That stuff's not nearly hollering enough. Oh man. Oh, I was like, and and then I'm like, he kills the doctor, and then there's a we we've established as a guy right outside the room, and then he just walks out of the place. Like, why did oh, you no, see that there's any sounds other of him, day? There's sounds yeah. of him killing that yeah, guy. Yeah, he does kill the guy. Oh, yeah. oh I thought I thought those sounds of him killing the doctor. No, the doctor's already dead when you hear that. Because it pans, oh, okay, it pans okay. past the doctor. So he kills and, the other guy, and then there's nobody yeah. else to see him just walk out. No, just the, I, just the two people in the hospital, yeah. And then and then they sit there, and they, <laughs> the, 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 there's, he's, we haven't really established Billy from the first movie. No, is this Billy? Billy's the first movie. This is Ricky in this Ricky, movie, right? Ricky, Ricky, yeah. and Ricky's the lead in all in the rest of the films. Uh, four and five are the ones with Clint Howard. Okay, four and five is with Clint Howard. So, Billy in the first film, like he sees his his brother is what about six years younger than him, like a baby when Santa Claus does the whole thing. Yeah. Not that baby doesn't remember Santa Claus raping his mother and killing his dad, but uh, but you know because he's like three months old. Uh, so they they go in and they're raised in this orphanage by Mother Superior. And Mother Superior is very strict. 
right? And that's that combined with like Mother Superior teaching him, you know, people are naughty, they must be punished. Plus seeing Santa when he gets when he finally gets a job in a toy store and he ends up Billy ends up in a Santa costume, he just snaps, you know, and that's where he does his first kills. And and so the basic concept is his brother is following in his footsteps and knows everything he ever did even though I have no idea how he learned everything he ever did. Like, it, 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 what I'm saying is this movie might have plot holes. I got Don't the worry. feeling that the Mother Superior told him all those stories. <laughs> Which, I mean, if you want the kid to develop uh, well, would be the wrong move, I think. Well, no. yeah. yeah they, this is, <laughs> I mean, there's this concept that this is this is really anti-Catholic because of the whole like hatred uh, and like the way they portray mother superior and the way that they, you know, push towards, you know, killing. That would imply some sort of intuitive thought. Sure. I'm willing to chalk all that up to incompetence. Yeah. I, there might've been some incompetence is the thing. I mean, really, you know, I mean, after after Billy kills that guy, the kills the guy who's the psychiatrist and the guy guarding the door then and, and walks out, they bring back they can't they don't know where Mother Superior is apparently. So they bring the police and the police bring the good nun from the from the orphanage. Why would you bring the good nun to tell you where he is? And she tells them that Mother Superior has had a stroke and he goes, Well it's okay, he doesn't know where to find her. So what does he do to find her? Looks in the phone book. <laughs> I mean, looks in the phone book. Luckily, there was also a, 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 a the phone book was being used by a Santa Claus who sued him. Oh, he could see it. Come on, you're missing the best joke. Where does he find her, man? What's her address? Six six six. Is how she lives? Where the whole thing about the house number? The whole thing. I want to come back to one. All right, you, do you want to do that in the WTF moments, or you want to do that now? Oh, I'm saving it. Yeah, no, I've got a whole thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I love that when they bring in the younger nun. Um, it is we've seen this in so many films that they bring her in to have a conversation into the room where the body is. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they don't go to her. They don't have her meet her outside the building. They bring her to where the, the body where is. The body is. <laughs> where like you know the CSI team is still in the room going over stuff. They're like, come on in, come on in. <laughs> yeah. Why would you go to her anyways? But like I say, they literally say, well, he can't find her. You know, he'd have to find her. Apparently, they don't think to themselves, you know, we should try and find her too because you would think the police would have the resources to find her first. But nope. Well, they don't have a second cop because you know if <laughs> one cop shoots somebody by accident, he's still in charge of the investigation. That's a good point. <laughs> yes. And, and you know, here's Obviously, the thing. Obviously, resources are slim. If the cops feel like they can't find her, then they just rightfully assume that nobody else could. Well, this is a cop station without a phone book is what you're saying. Yeah. Ah. Well, I'm not sure what the police station had, but because, it, because oddly enough, it didn't have police in it. Real police, that is. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Oh, this movie was fun. Oh, I had I laughed. I watched it twice, honestly. I, <laughs> I laughed so hard during some of those kills. I mean, in some of the moments. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, let's get to that, score. That means you. That means you watched Silent Night, Deadly Night one four times. Then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
A lot. Uh, I remember the first time I was 14, the first time I watched Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then this came on afterwards. It was on Channel 7 back in the day. It was like their midnight movie. They watch, I remember watching Silent Night, Deadly Night and starting to watch two and going, I'm watching the same movie. <laughs> like, I'm like, How lucky like, must you have felt? <laughs> I watched this as a... Yeah, I, tried I to gave watch this up. As a well, I gave film. up yeah. because I'm like, it's the same movie. Like, I, I didn't know that there would be any new footage. Luckily, there is, and it's pretty genius. All right, let's go, let's get to scoring. All right. In our search for the ultimate B movies, we rate each film in five categories. None of these categories is objective quality. The first one is called Schlock Appeal, and we start with Stan. So this is so for me. This is a tale of. Two movies, I guess you could say, because so there's the part of me that watched this for the first time and and knew nothing about it, knew nothing about, um, you know, the fact that it that it had 40 minutes of recycled footage, knew nothing about the story and the concept. And that's the part of me that hated watching this movie and gave it a two. And then. There's the part of me that understands the 40 minutes of used footage and and kind of gets the stories and kind of hears that. And so that bumps it up to a six. So I'll split it down the middle and give it a four. Uh, well, part of me that agrees with uh, the part of you who doesn't know anything uh, thinks that that guy is not all that bright. Um <laughs> My God, come on. This is schlock incarnate. Um, it's a basic slasher, a producer u- reusing footage to make a buck, stupid fun kills. You got a Luloni Quigley in there showing off her assets. Schlock, schlock, schlock. There, there's nothing about this movie that isn't schlock. Nine. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm like, I, I don't see how this doesn't get a high score. Schlock is held and it's entertaining because of the schlock. I mean, literally the acting is so bad that it's so funny. You just laugh your ass off watching the movie. I mean, there's a point where the, where, he, I mean, no other movie can, can a guy, the, Billy, every line he says, he, he elongates for no reason. So he's sitting there at one point where the doctor is writing something. And he comes over to the doctor and goes right in his ear and goes, red car? Good <laughs> point. And it's just so funny. I can laugh so hard. It's like no point in it. It's so hilarious. It's a nine for me as well. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. That was amazing when he did that. That was so good. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the, they, they introduced that idea that he's like – that he's triggered by the color red and then they don't play it out at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> like it happens twice. And then the next time it's like a little girl with a red ribbon in her hair and he doesn't even look at it. Doesn't he, like, does, it's not like he chooses not to harm her. He just doesn't pay attention to it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, a great kills. And like the, I mean the, the framing of, uh, of like, of a killer and a psychiatrist is uh, is a pretty classic one, um, but then, but then that that's not actually a framing. That only frames like two thirds of the movie, <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it just goes off on its own. Um, 
I, I, this is a nine for me as well. I thought this was amazing. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, we got uh, an outlier. But that, that's, I mean, the, the, that's uh, that's the part of me that's uh, Santa gives it uh, gives it a ten. The part of me that's a killer gives it an eight. So <laughs> yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, I just. <laughs> For every five minutes, I was just like, I was thinking, oh, my God, this must be 20 minutes of the movie done. And then I look, and it's just like five minutes has passed, and I'm like, oh, God, I have to keep watching 90 minutes of this oh, thing. It yeah. was like watching paint dry for me. It's because you didn't watch it with the right mindset. That's uh, got to be it. Perhaps, but yeah. So, But that's it. That's how I watched it, so I got to judge it like that. <laughs> prayers, won't save you. prayers won't save you in the silent part of this night. <laughs> That's a great tagline. <laughs> oh, that's more, tremendous. More heart than the budget. Uh, I didn't notice the budget. Well, I mean, who cares when it comes to part two, where it's just like, yeah, you know, that, that 40 yeah, minutes. Take, of, like, the budget literally, of the first one. it's such a micro budget. It's amazing. I, like, the I actual am, footage. IMDb says 100K. Yeah, I, I don't know that it's even that high, but. I mean, yeah, when you think about the reason that they're trying to do it, it's just like, well, the first one didn't make enough money, so we need to make the first one, make it, you know, like, like get get it, uh, get it actually out there uh, for real. But so I appreciate the concept of re-editing it so that to re-release it. Um, certainly, adding adding part two. I mean, it is like two movies in one. There's no question about that, um, and none of them all make sense. Uh, I will give this uh, seven. Um, yeah, you know what, this movie for me succeeds in spite of itself. Um, it is for me, it was an entertaining watch, but I, I really can't rate this high because I don't think anyone really cared. I will, I'll give it a four for Ricky's performance because, well, you have to try to act that badly. Um... <laughs> He was no. He literally was was trying to be a serious actor, but yeah. he said the only direction he got from the from the director was be bigger, be bigger, be bigger. Every time he did something. Mhm. Mm so yeah. Did I give it a four or a three? You, you gave it a four. 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 Okay. I got yeah, a seven. That, that sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like one hand trying to just like reuse footage is like a cheap thing, no heart. But the fact that they they managed to do the rest of the film for only a hundred thousand dollars, and you had only one stunt man, and they actually had stunts like a like a vehicle flipping over and a car blowing up, and uh, and a very inventive kill with uh, with uh, um, what do you call them uh, jumper cables. Um, oh, I like that. I, 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 I would have gone part, with an umbrella. The one with the umbrella was great, but that that I think took less special effects. But uh, but it was just having it so open. Fair, I laughed was... so hard when that happened. When that umbrella went through his entire oh, body and then and stuff. then opened up with blood all over it. I was laughing so hard. It's just hilarious. Oh man, they must have the worst police ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is that is safe to say. One hundred percent. Like this is just incredible. Like uh, so, so I think that part of the film is like really, really high, like a ten. But reusing the footage is low. It's like a four, so I'm giving it a seven. Cut in the middle. <laughs> I'm gonna have to expand the octagon that it has. Like it has eight <laughs> places for for scores. Yes. <laughs> 
Well, in fairness, if any movie was going to deserve that, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 is the one because it's two movies. <laughs> I, I'm coming up, yeah, I'll come up a bit lighter on this one uh, because I do think that the. Uh, the shamelessness of <laughs> the shamelessness of repeating that much footage uh, adds to the schlock rather than the heart for me. Uh, so just a six for me. Well, you got to admit though, the fact that they reused the footage because he was pissed that he didn't make enough money because they got pulled by Gene Cisco <laughs> and things like that does help. <laughs> it certainly does. Yeah, that's where it. Yeah, oddly enough, that's where it gets my heart because it's just like. <laughs> It's like screw you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put up the same damn. <laughs> I was making more money than Nightmare on Elm Street. Look at that franchise now, and I could have had that franchise. <laughs> what the fuck moments is our next category? Well, you know, for for me, like, and I'm just gonna go light on this because I know the rest of you are gonna go go crazy. But uh, you know, <laughs> the the police, you know, when the policeman shot the Santa. And then two scenes later, that policeman is in charge of the investigation. It's just like, oh, my God, what the hell? Like, there's no there's no repercussion for just shooting some random guy. It was just completely out there. I mean, there's plot holes galore. Well, to be fair, he was deaf. I think that's allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> and... And oh, the Nick, that was good. The yeah. random you the random gaining of like super strength and stuff like that within some of the kills where it's just like, yes, I can lift somebody completely above my head, you know, with one arm. It's just like, oh, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's there's a bunch. I will give this a seven. Move on and let everybody else go. Um the movie scene drove is so bizarre. So in a movie that consists, let's say, two-third or one-third of previous footage, they have the balls to make this meta-commentary of having Ricky go to a movie that, uh, a, a movie show, that is playing the first movie within this movie that is already that much of the first, reusing the balls on that is just he went to see a movie about a Santa killing people. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, they didn't actually reuse the footage, but yeah. Um, also, the disappearing friend in the movie theater. You know, you have oh. the you know the jerky movie guy. You know he's going to the guy talking during the movie. You know he's going to die, and he's going to die soon. Um, but in this movie. It happens in the theater, and he has the jerky movie guy has a friend sitting beside him. But when the guy is actually killed, the friend just disappears, just gone, just no mention of it again. Um, what about what about the two people that were established as being one row up and two seats to the side that don't uh, hear no, him no being killed? Is, I don't know what happened there. I I'm, I was also unaware that a stroke disfigures nuns. Yes. Yes. Um, for some reason, they do a makeup effect on the mother superior. Because um, it was a different actress. Well, she had a stroke in between movies. Um, I didn't know strokes do that. That was a bizarre choice. It's like a big 
boil on her face, like a, a series of boils, like disfiguring her. Yes, from her stroke. Tremendous. Um, yeah, I am not sure, sure how seriously to take any of this movie. So, how do you judge? I mean, the the kills. Some of the kills are great, and they don't make any sense. But I'm not. I'm not putting in them in WTF. So. I'm going with uh, a seven. I mean, it's high, but it's it's not over the top. It's it's not world record categories. Oh well, I mean, I think it's got a few more than than that, and luckily I can't wait to hear. Oh, the I had to save a couple for you. Six. Uh, I mean, let's just go back to the landing quickly. We mentioned that she's topless for the whole thing, but literally the scene is she's making out with her boyfriend, topless in her panties. And she has to get up and stop making out with him because she needs to. She remembers she needs to let the cat in. So she gets up, puts on the smallest Daisy Dukes you've ever seen in your tightest Daisy Dukes you've ever seen in your life, and then goes up without bothering to put a shirt on, opens the front door, literally sticks her chest out in the air, and goes, "Kitty, kitty," <laughs> the most gratuitous unnecessary nudity of all time, of course, leading to her being topless, impaled on on a uh, uh, antlers, uh, moose antlers, which, by the way, also is not logical. I, I believe it was deer, from, but... Oh, deer, whatever. Oh, still moose not antlers logical. aren't sharp. Yeah, I don't think deer antlers are that sharp are sharp enough to do what they did anyways. But like you said, super strength at mirrors times. Like, you had the point with an umbrella going right through the person. You had disappearing people. Oh, man. Uh, you had cars blowing up from the inside when they barely got just roll over. Yeah, like It didn't it was... even make sense within the context of this movie. <laughs> no, it didn't. I love me a good car made of dynamite. I love those. Oh, yeah. I, I, got, a, I got a solid nine on this as well. <laughs> I okay, so the mother superior <laughs> has a stroke and retires. Not a hundred percent sure she should be, should be called a mother superior after she was retired, neither here nor there. So she had been living at the orphanage, right? And then she retires. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. So that means after she has been confined to a wheelchair. She chooses building 666 and a room on the second floor. (laughs) I hadn't thought about the second floor. She's in a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) Tremendous. Like, there, there is a chair lift, but it's still like... You pick that after. Like, <laughs> I can't believe that there's not a single bungalow in this whole town. <laughs> so, uh, along with the, the the car made of dynamite, which is always amazing, uh, I'm going to give this an eight. What Memorable. about Ricky's first kill? Just just the idea that that a woman's being raped again because there's like three rapes in this movie. This guy witnesses a lot of rapes. Or four rapes. It's surprising. Four rapes. Or yeah. Three or four rapes. Yeah. Uh, what about the fact that he just like kills the person and the the woman says thank you and like again worst police ever 
<laughs> we yeah my lord uh, we we've seen a lot of movies that have really really atrocious police forces but i this these <laughs> ones take the cake honestly i mean yeah it really does you you can't possibly do do worse and that's the thing like even if you look at the cast for the number of murders in this movie and you look at the cast and you see rent a cop okay well that's totally different but then you have cop number one cop number two and cop number three slash paramedic so you know <laughs> like there's just there's not even it's it's not like you have police force oh and then there's a detective but i mean this is still like like for the number of murders that have occurred over two people and decades basically you know we're not talking so yes and and let's face it also there was all the people that didn't want their names put on the movie in the credits with fake names my favorite being the gaffer being gabe mance and the production assistants being ro mance nice <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we should get Romance on the show. Yeah, <laughs> replace Brad Doc. Exactly. All Memorable right. Memorable moments. Memorable moments. Well, you know, I mean, this is a again, this is an interesting one because I know that there's memes of this. I know that there's a lot of people that completely remember, especially Eric Freeman's acting or lack thereof. And but I know that for myself, having watched this, you know, probably ten or twelve days ago, I actually don't remember much of anything of it and again i think that's probably just the fact that i really didn't enjoy watching it so it all just kind of was in one and out in one side and out the other so uh for me i'll give it a four but that's that's generally based on the fact that other people do remember it i uh, yeah i don't know if this rate's like huge on the remember i mean it has great kills and i'll, I'll certainly remember individual kills but the movie on a whole the reuse of footage the title that is easily confused with 10 other slashers also with good kills oh well, this was before uh, that though you can't you can't blame it for others talking yeah but we're, we're we're writing this in uh 2021 we're not rating it when it came out so i'm i'm sorry it takes the hit um yeah, I, I can't go huge, but I mean, the umbrella scene um, had me laughing huge. Um, I'll remember that. Uh, I I think I'll remember, watch this one, don't watch the first one, because all the good footage is in this one. So I'll go with a six. Yeah, I, again, I got higher because... I would talk about making a cultural impact, and this is literally garbage day, and the memes, thanks to it, is one of the most famous lines in the history of horror film. It made such a huge impact, and because of, again, Eric Freeman's tremendous acting. Uh, but, I mean, I got other ones. I mean, I will never forget, even if it is from the first movie, the Linnea Quigley kill. Like, you just don't forget a woman being hung on deer antlers topless. You just don't. And it went to be reused in uh, Wishmaster. Like I say, like the red car. Good point. Or, uh, or you know, I'm starting to like this movie. Or, uh, you know, 
just like the different lines that he delivered. My favorite thing being um, anytime he would go punish naughty. So I love the, the kill with his girlfriend. They kills the guy with the, um, uh, again, the jumper cables, the, the old boyfriend of his girlfriend. When he finds out that she has had sex before him, therefore she is naughty, punished. And she's sitting there going, you're terrible. You're the worst. You're good. I can't believe you killed him. I can't believe you killed my, I, you're the worst. I hate you. I hate you. And he goes, punished. And she goes, I hate you. Uh-oh. And she laughs so hard. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's like out of nowhere. She's screaming, I hate you. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> so awesome. So I got a, I got a nine. I made a mental note to watch Wishmaster. <laughs> I, I think it may it may have been number two, but and believe you me, they are they are uh, definitely they go downhill fast. But, <laughs> but it, sort of, they have the lasting power of a of a Silent Night Deadly Night. Yeah, but if you do have but if you do have a corner gas fetish, then uh, then one of the stars of Corner Gas is topless in the fourth one. So. <laughs> Sorry, what movie is this? Skewish Star? <laughs> Red Butt. <laughs> I'm going to watch Wishmaster 4, is what you're saying, immediately after the talk? <laughs> I'm not waiting until after the podcast. Yeah. I think... I, I think, uh, Don't I, need I, sound to watch boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need sound to watch boobs. Thanks for that. <laughs> Do that. Yes. Then, then don't watch an L.A. Quigley movie because the odds are you aren't going to find him there. <laughs> Such a prude. Um, <laughs> I think uh, what holds me back from a high score on this is uh, is that I, normally I would say that I wouldn't. I can't remember which scenes were in the first one and which were in the second <laughs> one. <laughs> but definitely that. Uh, that I that I don't have to remember for a complete chunk of the film. <laughs> I could watch either one and see that scene. Uh, that prevents a really high score, but I'm still going to give this a six because I, I I remember this movie and almost put it in before, um, based on the idea that there was so much reused footage, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, I think it was al- I think I almost put it into the sequel season. Uh, all right, uh, our last category. Yeah, in, in the season that the Mulligan season, I mean, let's face it, uh, it could have gone in for the sequels or for our Christmas season is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's probably another one in there, too, that we probably could have fit it in. Yeah, more than likely. All right. Easily. Easy concept, Stan. Well, I mean, it is a sequel, and it reuses 40 minutes. So, yeah, is it a crazy concept that it reuses 40 minutes of the first one? I think it's probably the craziest element of the concept is that they wanted to reuse the whole damn movie and make it. Which is awesome. which, Which is awesome. I will go with a five, basically, just sheerly because of that. And then the other, the lost five will be because it's a sequel that's basically just rehashing the same things over and over again. Uh, sorry, what category are we in here? The crazy concept. Crazy concept, crazy concept yes. Um, yeah, you know, it gets some points for reusing um, 
that much footage. But cost-cutting measures in what is basically a slasher um, doesn't rate high on the crazy concept. Um, oh, I, I think I can only go with... Yeah, I'm going with a five as well. Over to you, Jack. <laughs> Jack's gone. Yeah, I think I think I'm gonna give it. I was just thinking about what I'm gonna give it. You guys giving it a five? I go. I'll give me a six. Um, basically, the balls of wanting to use the entire film and uh, the framing sequence and just how insane, just how insane the basic concept of any of the logic behind this is. So I'm gonna give it a six. I like that you use the word logic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's definitely definitely a watchword of the kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think as as Nick pointed out, to reuse that much footage but not sprinkle it through the film is <laughs> is quite a choice because I also had the same feeling uh, with Jack of the first time I watched it. I'm like, I think I've seen this. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I've watched this movie like recently too, uh, and and giving up and then coming back and watching like the back half of the movie that has the new stuff. Uh, I, I couldn't actually remember where where the breaking point was where it started being new stuff. Uh, so I'm going to give it a seven based on that, which brings us to the end of our scoring, and let's see now it. it Ended up higher than expected, uh, so it, it did all right. It uh, it made it into the top forty just barely, with a sixty-seven out of one hundred, which ties it with the incredibly strange creatures who stopped living and became mixed up zombies, and right behind Spookies. I just love the fact that you had to say the incredibly strange creatures <laughs> mixed it into that uh, stopped living and became zombies. It's just like any time we get to just say that is good fun. I I like that I didn't need reference for that. That's that's a if you if you like to if you like to judge the movies on WTFs, I think you'll probably go a little higher. It scored pretty well in that category. Uh, it's 30, 31 out of forty. That's a pretty decent score. Yeah. Not too bad for sure. All right. All right. Well, Jim, why don't we do some business? All right. Uh, we are on Patreon at the Cult Film Showdown. You can support the. Work we're doing, work. <laughs> the, labor, the labor of love that is the cult film showdown, and uh, we and are. What do they get if they support that? You get exclusive episodes, episodes that will not ever show up in our uh, podcast feeds. They are only for our Patreon supporters. They are uh, shorter works uh, that w- they're not listed in the octagon either. There are things like uh, TV shows, short films. The, the uh, one of them has been a, uh, a web series uh, of shorts. Uh, music videos are in the cat- second category. Basically, roughly a half hour or forty-five minutes and under. Um, and uh, we're also on Instagram, and uh, we're on your favorite podcast app. And we are sponsored by WeTalkPodcast.com, the home of the Octagon, where you can see the entire list of all the films we've done and sortable by category. As as Jack said, if you what the fuck moments are you like, you can find all of the top rated ones there from from us. And uh, We Talk Podcasts has a Facebook and they have a Twitter. Awesome, because because there's a lot of awesome going on. 
So, Season 17 into the Octagon 2 Octagon Harder finishes off next episode with the with Jim's Where in the World is Sirio Santiago, and that's Vampire Hookers. And honestly, if I just like saying Vampire Hookers really more than anything else. But uh, does anybody have anything else to add before we wrap this sucker up and move on? Oops. Oops. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I can't <laughs> complain about that. <laughs> All right. So for Jack and for Nick and for Jim, I am your host, 8th Dan Stanadu, and thanks for listening to the Cult Film Showdown. The nightmare began with Silent Night, Deadly Night. Need a ride, Santa Claus? Well, no, not exactly. But it isn't over yet. In fact, the ultimate nightmare is about to begin all over again. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. Hey, you little bastard! All Ricky ever wanted was a little kindness. And all he ever got was pain. Now he wants revenge. And this time, Garbage Day! He's going to get Step by step, weapon by weapon. Victim by victim. The terror's coming home, and he's all grown up. Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. I've got a present for you! Terrifying suspense shocker you've been waiting for. Last time it thrilled you. This time... Kill you. Silent Night Releasing Corporation presents Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2.